Before the homily, a brief announcement and a request. I think back to when I arrived here a little over five years ago. I cannot believe what we have been able to accomplish here together through God's grace. It is a true testament to the vibrancy of this community and your commitment to God's mission. I want you to know that I had a long conversation this past week with Bishop Fernandez regarding my future here as your pastor. He asked me after this next summer when my six-year term ends if I wanted to stay here for another six years. He let me know that he has a, a larger parish in Columbus that he's thinking of sending me to. I told him I love being here as your pastor and that we have many more plans for the future good of our parish and school and of Newark. So Bishop told me he plans to renew my assignment at St. Francis and is allowing me to stay for another six-year term. Praise the Lord. <laughs> now, Bishop also shared with me his plans to have me remain on his leadership team as one of his three regional Episcopal vicars for the diocese to help him continue to run the diocese. In order for this to happen and for me to continue at my usual Father Zippy pace, Bishop is willing to send us a second priest as an associate pastor, but we have to show that we can financially afford another priest as a parish to serve our parish and our school. Thus, as I mentioned last month when we launched our annual offertory drive, we need to hear from you. Specifically, we need your financial support. We can't afford another priest unless we're willing to increase our offertory pledges for this coming year. In addition, I ask that you help me to take care of our parish's most precious resources, our staff, and our many, many ministries by helping us to keep up with the current cost of inflation through an increase of your pledge. I want you to know that as, as of November 10th, we have had 243 of our parishioners respond with a pledge to our annual offertory drive, and many of them are making an increase in their pledges. This is fantastic. But to reach our goal by the end of December, we need everyone to make a pledge. If you did not receive a pledge form in the mail, for whatever reasons, please call the parish office, or better yet, Go online and use our online pledge form found either in our flock notes, but if you don't get our flock notes, then you can just simply go to our parish website. If everyone makes a pledge and increases your pledge, whatever amount, I'm not going to tell you the amount, only you through prayer and discernment can figure that out. If everyone makes a pledge and increases your pledge over last year, I'm hopeful that we can reach our goal for 2023. Thank you for your support of our parish's mission. It is my hope that I'll be able to let the bishop know we can financially support an associate pastor soon. 
God willing, our parish may receive an early Christmas gift. Now for the homily, which, if you remember, since I gave a longer homily last year, I mean last week, I pledged that I would give a shorter homily this week. So um, watch your watches. In The Hobbit by J.R.R. Tolkien, Bilbo Baggins has met Gollum for the first time. Bilbo has, is lost now and needs to find his way out of Gollum's cave. Gollum will show him the way out if he can answer a riddle. Here's the riddle. This thing all things devours, birds, beasts, trees, flowers, gnaws iron, bites steel, grinds hard stone to meal, slays king, ruins town, and beats high mountain down. Bilbo is stumped. He doesn't know the answer to the riddle. And after being pressured by Gollum, says, give me time. Gollum hears the word time and mistakenly takes it as Bilbo's answer, which is, of course, the right answer. Time devours all things. This is a reality check to hold on to as we consider today's scripture readings, which, just like last week's readings, deal with the so-called end times. The first reading from the last prophet of the Old Testament, Malachi, chapter 3, speaks about a time that will come when, for those who do not live according to the ways of God, will be reduced to rubble, as all time will do. This is not God's choice for us. This is the freedom God gives to each human person. But for those who both love and respect God, Malachi says, quote, there will arise the sun of justice with its healing rays, end quote. Well, the sun of justice here is a prophecy referring to the Messiah. And the phrase healing rays is very curious. This comes from one Hebrew word, I had to look it up, kanaf, kanaf. What is interesting about this word kanaf is that it's also the word for the prayer shawl that a Jewish man wears. It has four corners, each with tassels. We see this in the Gospels clearly when the woman who has been hemorrhaging blood for years touches the hem of Jesus' garment. She touches one of the corners of his kanaf. And instantly healing power, or as it is translated from the Hebrew, healing rays flow down from him and radiate through her. She is healed. Now this explanation of the Jewish kanaf and the fulfillment of Malachi's prophecy, prophecy lends a very important insight. One necessary for us who struggle with all sorts of thoughts and feelings around the images of the biblical end times. Indeed, as Tolkien wrote, time devours all things. But here's the thing. 
Jesus has given us time. Time to choose him and to live for him or time not to choose him and not to live for him. We have time. But our time is limited, finite. Time devours all things and will eventually devour even our lives until we don't even have time itself, like more time, no more time to choose Christ. And this should concern us. And not just for ourselves as individuals, obviously, but for loved ones. Like the ones who just seem to be living for themselves, just kind of floating through day by day, with no real sense of urgency of time, and no thought or plan for their future, like their eternal future. This is where today's gospel reading from Luke 21 comes in and gives us a roadmap. Jesus speaks about a great change that is about to happen. The temple will literally be destroyed and nations will rise against nations. There will be, a, there'll be natural disasters and famine and plague, plagues. In addition, people of power will come after you as believers and try to pull you away from God so that once faith is gone, they can control you. And there will be people who will come to you and try to lead you away from God with all kinds of promises of happiness. It is during this time that Jesus teaches us in today's gospel that we have two opportunities. One, to place ourselves under God. And two, to give testimony to other people as acts of charity and generosity and concern for them. Now, a little background about end times might be helpful here. When an Old Testament prophet like the last one, Malachi, or Jesus himself is talking about the end times, there is usually multiple layers of meaning at play, and all of them are valid. First, it is usually addressing a current situation, like the literal destruction of the temple and the ruin of the city of Jerusalem, which then happens 40 years after the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, just as he prophesied. Second, in this case, it refers to his resurrection and ultimately to the Eucharist. Third, it's referring to the second coming of Christ, when heaven and earth are consummated and all who have been waiting for God are redeemed and saved. And fourth, it can, of course, refer to the end of time for each of us, when time devours our lives due to old age or disease or an action or some other event that takes our lives as individuals. In all of these senses, the same truth holds. Will you be ready? Will you have lived for Jesus above all things in this life? And 
Will you have done everything in your power to give testimony to other people while there is still time for you and them? The prophecy of Malachi helps us here. If we are a person who both, as he tells us, fears and loves God, fear like in being in awe and wonder of him, and loves God, then the healing rays, the kanaf, of Jesus will shine up upon us. Meaning, when we die, Jesus will heal us, bring us back into life, resurrected life, like what happened to the woman who touched Jesus' kanaf and was healed, except that our resurrected life will last forever with God in heaven. As Christians, we are called, St. Paul tells us, to be imitators of Christ. We are to live like him. But for following today's readings, in fact, we are in a very real way to dress him over us. We are to wear him like a kanaf. Wear him like a prayer shawl. Wrap ourselves then in Christ through living a life of prayer. Wrap ourselves in him by living a life of virtue. When we do this then, we are properly dressed. As we hear in the Gospels, you remember the guy who shows up to the wedding feast and he's not properly dressed and he's thrown out of the wedding feast to gnash his, his teeth, right, in darkness forever? No, we'll be properly dressed when time devours us personally or when time devours all things. Furthermore, like Jesus tells us in today's gospel, wearing him throughout our lives, we will then be willing and able to give testimony about him to other people. Especially all those people whom we love or who are within our circle of influence. Along the way, if we're living Christ like a kanaf upon our shoulders, our prayers, our virtues, our goodness, our truth, our beauty, our hope, our joy, will all be rays of healing that will be our testimony to others. By the way we live our lives, we will draw others to Christ through us. And then we will be the instruments by which we draw all those around us to Jesus before time devours them too.